0: section twelve of in old plantation days by paul Lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain the conjuring contest the whole plantation was shocked when it became generally known that bob who had been going with viney for more than a year and for half that time had publicly escorted her to and from meeting had suddenly changed and bestowed his affections upon another it was the more surprising for viney was a particularly good-looking girl while the new flame cassie was an ill-favored woman lately brought over from another of the mordaunt plantations it was one balmy sunday evening that they strolled up from the quarters yard together arm in arm and set wagging the tongues of all their fellow-servants bob's mother who was sitting out in front of her door gave a sigh as her son passed with his ungainly sweetheart she was still watching them with an unhappy look in her eyes when ma'am henry the plantation oracle approached and took a seat on the step beside her howdy ma'am henry said maria howdy maria how you come on oh right pert in my body but i'm kind o disturbed in my mind huh oh, i reckon you is disturbed in yo mind said the old woman keenly maria you surely is one blind woman blind i don't know what you mean ma'am henry how's i blind he was blind, I tell you now what you s'pose de matter wid yo bob de matter wid him dat dis what trouble my mind, ma'am Henry hits to think dat dat a boy mine 'd be so thickle minded ah uh? yeah he, uh, he was a gwine long a viney, What he is a blackly gal and a pert one too, den all of a sudden he done change his mind and take a wid old had time lookin gal. I don't know what he thinkin bout. You don't know what he thinkin bout, cause you don't know what he thinkin bout, and I don't know where your eyes is that you can't see some dat's tis as plain as de nose on yo face. Well, I low I must be blind, ma'am Henry, cause I don't understand it. What do you reckon a likely boy like Bob see on dat gallus nigger? I don't know, ma'am Henry, but dey do say she bake mighty fine biscuits, and you know Bob's mind mouty close to his stomach biscuits biscuits snorted the old woman tain't no biscuits got dat man crazy It's roots i tell you It's roots ma'am henry fo de lord you don't mean the old woman leaned solemnly over to her companion and whispered dramatically he's conjured That's what he is maria sprang up from the doorway and stood gazing at ma'am henry like a startled animal then she said in a hurried voice what dat has he conjured my child? I'll- I'll kill her, that's what I will, yes, you kill her, cause you will, I reckon dat'll tick de spell off and Bob, won't it? dat'll keep him from hatin you and despinin her way and dyin for her won't hit uh Maria sank down again in utter helplessness, crying, conjured conjured, oh, what shall I do? Fust thing said Ma'am Henry, you dis set up an act sensible after dat, I'll talk to you, go on, ma'am Henry. Has a listenin' to you conjured, conjured my boy, oh de hush up and listen to me. Before Bob put on his shoes to morrow mornin' you slip a piece o' silver in the right one, flat in de middle, why he won't feel it. You want to find out how he's conjured and des how bad it is, if she ain't done nothin' but planted sumpin round de dough fu him, why reckon des sowin salt o brick de spell but if she's cotch him in his eatin's you'll have to see a reg'lar conju doctor fo you kin walk dat out i ain't long hated myself, but i got a friend dat is but ma'am henry how i gwine tell how bad de conju is huh gal you don't know nothin'. ef de silver turns bright black why he's cotch bad and ef it only turns kinda green he's only middlin trick how long i got to wait fo i knows let him well to silver three or fo days and den let me see it maria did as she was told placing a dime in the bottom of her son's shoe and at the expiration of the allotted time with eyes fear and wonder wide, she took the coin to her instructor whether from working in the field all day the soil had ground into bob's shoe and discoloured the coin or whether it had attracted some subtle poison from the wearer's body is not here to be decided. From some cause, the silver piece was as dark as copper. Ma'am, Henry shook her head over it. He show his cotch bad, she said. I reckon she done cotched him in his eatins. Dat de was kind. You take dat silver piece and throw it in de runnin water. Maria hesitated. This was part of a store she was saving for a particular purpose. Why does I has to do dat ma'am Henry she asked ain't dey no other way? go long gal what's the matter wid you will you do as I tell you, don't you know, dat anything you buy wid dat money'd be bad luck to you dat a dimes chuck full o goop fa to de rim, so trembling with fear, Maria hastened to the branch and threw the condemned coin into it, and she positively asserted to Mam henry on her return that the water had turned right black and thick where the coin sunk now the next ting for you to do is to go down and see my friend de conju he lived down at the folks o uh, de road des back o de old tobacco house It's a skeery place but you go de to-night and tell him i saunt you and he lift a spell but don't you go down de often to pay him nothin cause that Destroy his charms. After de work done, den you kin him what you want, and if it ain't enough, he put de spell back on again. But must never ax a conjur doctor what he charge, or pay him full de charm work. No moan. You must say thank ye for flower seed. About nine that night, Maria, frightened and trembling, presented herself at the conjur doctor's door the hut itself was a gruesome-looking place dark and dilapidated the yard surrounding it was overrun with a dense growth of rank weeds which gave forth a sickening smell as maria's feet pressed them the front window was shuttered and the sagging roof sloped down to it like the hat of a drunken man over a bruised eye the mew of a cat the shuffling of feet and a rattle of glass followed the black woman's knock and maria pictured the terrible being within hastening to put away some of his terrible decoctions before admitting her she was so afraid that she had decided to turn and flee leaving bob to his fate when the door opened and the doctor stood before her he was a little wizened old man his wrinkled face the colour of parchment the sides of his head were covered with a bush of grey hair while the top was bald and blotched with brown and yellow spots a blackhead was at his side looking with evil eyes at the visitor is you deconja doctor?" asked maria he stepped back that she might enter and closed the door behind her As doctor bass he replied i come to see you-i come to see you bout my son ma'am henry she saunt me well lempia all er bout it his manner was reassuring if his looks were not and somewhat encouraged maria began to pour forth the story of her woes into the conjure doctor's attentive ear when she was done he sat for a while in silence then he said i reckon she's got some o his ha'r dat mecks a mighty strong spell in a woman's hands you go back and bring me some o de woman's hair, and i fix it i fix it but how's i gwine gittin a her ha'r dant ain't for me to say i des tell you what to do maria backed out of the bottle filled root hung room and flew home through the night with a thousand terrors pressing hard upon her heels all next day she wondered how she could get some of her enemy's hair not until evening did the solution of the problem come to her and she smiled at its simplicity when cassy her son's unwelcome sweetheart came along she stepped out from her cabin door and addressed her in terms that could mean but one thing fight cassy attacked maria tooth and nail but maria was a wiry little woman and when bob separated the two a little later his mother was bruised but triumphant for in her hand she held a generous bunch of cassy's hair you found out a way to get de hair said the conjur doctor to her that night and you ain't spared no time a gittin it he was busy compounding a mixture which looked to maria very much like salt and ashes to this he added a brown thing which looked like the dried liver of some bird then he put in a portion of cassie's hair the whole of this he wrapped up in a snake skin and put in a bag dat'll fetch him he said handing the bag to maria you take this and put it under his baid wha he won't find it and sprinkled de rest uh, dis hair under blanket, and he lay on and let it stay there seven days. After Dad, he come round all right. Then you can come to see me, he added significantly. Clasping her treasure, Maria hastened home and placed the conjure bag under her son's bed and sprinkled the short, stiff hair as she had been directed. He came in late that night, hurried out of his clothes, and leaped into bed. Usually he went at once to sleep, but not so now he rolled and tossed and it was far past midnight before his regular breathing signified to the listening mother that he was asleep then with a murmured tikanjo is a woken him she turned over and addressed herself to rest the next morning bob was tired and careworn and when asked what was the matter responded that his dreams had been troubled he was so tired when the day's work was over that he decided not to go and see cassie that night he was just about going to bed when a tap came at the cabin door and viney came in evenin aunt maria she said Evenin', bob Evenin'. they both said i des run in aunt maria to bring you some of my biscuits ma'am henry dun give me a new seat for makin dem. she uncovered the crisp brown rolls and the order of them reached bob's nose his eyes bulged and he paused with his hand on his boot law said maria these show is nice viney hep yourself, bob bob suddenly changed his mind about going to bed and he and viney sat and chatted while the biscuits disappeared maria discreetly retired and she said to herself as she sat outside on the step dey ain't no way for dat boy to sis dat goop and dem biscuits too bob's dreams were troubled again that night and the next and as the evenings came he still found himself too tired to go according all this was not lost on the watchful mother and she duly reported matters to Mam henry who transferred her information to cassie in the following manner it surely don't seem right sis cassie when bob gwine long a you fa him to be settin up a night long a dat gal viney and who was a high-spirited girl replied i let de nigger go long i don't care nuffin bout him next time she met bob she passed without speaking to him and strange to say he laughed and didn't seem to care for Mam henry's biscuit recipe had made viney dearer to him than she had ever been up until the eighth night his dreams continued to be troubled but on that night he slept easily and dreamed of viney for maria had removed the conjure bag and had thrown it into running water what is more she had shaken the hair out of the blanket the first evening that bob felt sufficiently rested to go out skylarking it was with viney he walked and the quarters nodded and wondered they walked up to the master's house where the momentous question was asked and favourably answered then they came back radiant and viney set out some biscuits and preserves in her cabin to clinch it and invited maria and Mam henry to share them with bob and her that night sundry things from the big house as well as lesser things from maria's cabin found their way to the conju doctors the things from the big house were honestly procured but it took the telling of the whole story by maria to get them when she had gone her master dudley stone laughed to himself and said with true saxon incredulity that old rascal bass is a sharp one i think lying on cassie's hair would trouble anybody's dreams conjure or no conjure and Viny learned to make biscuits like mammy henry she needed no stronger charm end of section 12.